2: Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language, and sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And f- thank you for listening. It's the, camp- camp- yeah. the, camp- the countdown. You're yeah. tuned into the countdown camp- on c one hundred nine point six, the Thunder from Down Under. We have a Coming in hot at number six, it's Too Many Chicks by Jimmy and the brands At number five, the hardest working hair in the biz, it's Happy Legs by B Dunn. Steve Chang's in at number four with In a Minute Fasting. Up six spots to number three, it's the shaman with Because I Got Pie. And holding steady at number two, he's tall, pale, and handsome. It stacks with vaping my ball off. And back at number one for the ninth week in a row, it's the cat's meow, the big banana, the cool kahuna. It's the footy prime. I'm with Let's Get This party Started. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Johnny, Jimmy, Craig, and Jimmy, JC. Oh,
3: Time to get this party started very good, very good, superb.
4: JC, good. when do you start recording these these openings? When, when is the thought?
2: When is the seed first planted? I would say on the toilet. Oh, always, it's always, <laughs> first it's always in the morning. The toilet. Always the toilet, but it's always day of, unless I have something else to do. But usually it's day of, and it's just like, what can I do that I haven't done, and what would I? Like, and I it just see it's, it's not that difficult, uh, just because the inspiration comes from all of you. You don't have to
5: explain the brain behind the artists. We just want to thank you for, for sharing the art. I love oh, that you took it to a new oh, continent. Shit. Well, I
2: appreciate now, was it, was it Aussie or was it Kiwi? Well, it doesn't matter. I don't know. It was whatever accent I was doing. I don't know what it was, but I don't know why. I've no, there's no reason why it was Aussie or Kiwi. It was just when I started recording it. I was going to do British and then I'm like, wait, that's not British. That's, that's Aussie or, <laughs> or Keely or Tasmanian. And then I just I was like, like, fuck <laughs> it. Maybe I should just keep it going and be like thunder from Dan under. All right, mate. Yeah. If I can trip on the bad, Bay <laughs> So that's well, I think 30. it works.
4: It really works. Yeah. That, I, so. I enjoyed that was that. really good. Thanks. Boy. It's pretty prime in case you didn't realize that was JC, the talent of the group. Um, Jimmy Brennan's here. Brendan Dunlop's here. Dan Wong's here. Craig Forrest, he's here. I'm James Sharman. Um, yeah, well, welcome back to Wednesday's show, everyone. Coming off a very interesting chat with Frank Yallop on Tuesday, an interview. If you haven't had a chance yet, make sure you check that one out. Um, so all the headlines up until this past week have been about Manchester United's demise, their capitulation every single week, the embarrassment they've become after two games. And then, of course, the inevitable happens. Monday night, they beat Liverpool. And suddenly, that's the team in crisis. And United's now the team that's doing just fine, and there's a plan and a strategy. The bottom line is, fellas, you can't judge a league after three games. There's all these narratives being born. Happens every single year. And we get so besides ourselves with worry and stress when, I don't know, when do you start... Taking a table seriously, Craig. Is it like October? Is it November? It sure as hell isn't three games in.
0: Well, the, yeah. Except if you're, if I'm West Ham right now and I'm sitting on zero points, I'm not too happy after two home games and one away game. Not too happy.
3: Yeah. The thing is, and Craig, you know as well. After every game, you're looking at that table. <laughs> Every match you're looking at the table. Every match from match one?
5: The start of the season, honestly, I didn't think that would be your answer.
3: One hundred percent. From match one. Look, you think when back then, like we used to get the newspapers, you open it up, right? And you go to the football pages and about twelve of them and always had the standings of every single division. So every game that you played, you were always looking at the standings to see where you were. I don't think the West Ham players are looking at standing. They're not looking at the standings right now, thinking, "Oh, we're going to be okay." You're looking at the
0: because they always judged you from one to seven.
4: Yeah, yeah, but they're okay. the extreme cases, Wakers. right? West Ham being zero and three is an extreme case. Arsenal being three and zero is an extreme case. But, but you're mm-hmm. telling me that even in the average season, when you just begin one and two, or one one and one, or one and two, or two and whatever you're actually still like really just like a completely infatuated by the table from week me, one. Me personally,
3: me personally, I was always glued to the table. Always, always watching the table. Yeah.
4: You should have like signed a club with a club that began with a, so at least never, then you could say I'm, I'm in first place
3: at some point. Without games being played. Yeah. But I was, it was obsessive for me. Always, always looking at the table. Okay. If you win, win that, that game and they lose this and how can you get there and Even when I was coaching, same thing. Have the tables just staring at me all the time.
5: So uh, what did you do to cope with your really bad mental health when you were at TFC?
3: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Well, I got fired when we were in playoffs, so stick it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you not remember that, I think we were the first Toronto staff to be fired sitting in a playoff position. Mm. (laughs) Oh, it wasn't that bad, was it? And then when we got and then when we got fired, eh? big shot, right? Your new guy came in and he didn't make playoffs. Why is he my new guy? Well, because you were the big big fan there behind the wait, goal. Wait, wait a second. There seems to be a theme, a common theme here, Jimmy. I keep getting fired when I'm in playoffs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I wanted you to come up with the answer there. I appreciate it. That's twice that. now. That's twice <laughs> I got fired for being in playoffs.
4: Jimmy, yeah. Do don't be successful. That's a secret. Don't be successful. It's brutal. Can't be having that. Hey, when you did get fired, that's when you were, um, you and Ryan Nelson, that, that era, right? That's what you're talking about?
3: Yeah. 10 games left, I think it was. We're sitting in playoff position. We're comfortable. I think we had Remind another, me, because my, my brain way. is so
4: awful. Was that – did Aaron Vinter – or was that before – was that after Aaron Vinter or before? I I totally forget. No,
3: it was Aaron Vinter. Then it was uh, Paul uh, Mariner. And then it was Ryan Nelson. Oh, Jesus. And that was where – Kevin Payne came in. He was the the GM. Kevin Payne. That's right. He wasn't there for – He ironed Nelly. Nelly, great guy. He was a – I'm telling you now, Nelly was a very good coach. I really liked – I liked working with him. Mm. Very good.
4: How did that firing happen? How did it – go down? Were you you like spoken to by by individually or as a group? How how did it
3: work? Um, Well, I wasn't privy to his situation. But for mine, it was just we got called in and just said, look guys, we're going to go in a different direction. I've heard that one before too. So like it's... uh...
5: (laughs) (laughs) And they did go in a different direction, didn't they? And (laughs) and that one went
3: in a different direction as well because they they didn't make playoffs. Um, And then same again. So... <laughs> it's a bit of a <laughs> theme there's a theme that's happening here
1: yeah i lo- you know what i have to ask you guys this is a great i'm happy we went down this road this is a great conversation sharms yeah. what was your worst firing
4: i haven't been fired i've been fucker i what? know I, no at Sportsnet it was we, we saw this coming for months once they lost the rights to premier league our contracts were up and it was one of the old, come in, take a seat. Um, and we knew exactly what was going to happen, what was being said. But yeah, you know, we have no soccer now, so we don't need a soccer department. So therefore,
3: that's a we'll firing. You. <laughs> that's
4: yeah, a, well, sure. Yeah. I'm fine. If you want to call it a firing, I'm fine with that's that as well. It firing. doesn't bother me. I'm just It's a, okay, no, a soft once. firing. Yeah, a soft firing. The, yeah.
1: Was it? Was it the group of you? Were it like four of no, you? No, no, no. It was just it was, oh, just, okay.
4: it was in, individual, and it was actually it was a good conversation. My boss and I got on very well. He's a good guy. Wasn't as cool.
1: So, and well, Craig, what a... did did yours
0: come out to sound the same way as Sharm's? Oh no, we were wrestling around on the floor, beating the shit
2: out of each other. Charm's <laughs> 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 motherfuckers
0: bullshit. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Fucking 18 years, not taking
3: this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Forrest is fighting Sharms is going oh he's my good friend he just let me
1: go yeah. <laughs> good yeah. handshakes.
3: In, right. in reality Craig was that much turn,
1: longer than me turned around turned around and walked out <laughs> Did you, was there was there any uh, acrimony or was it just like okay yeah we kind of I knew that was coming yeah
0: yeah
4: yeah we Thanks knew yeah the minute we found out that they hadn't renewed the rights and we lost them mm-hmm. to the we knew what was going on why would you have a soccer department on a nation a network a like sports net who champion their own properties. We understand why. Uh so what, what we can, am I gonna stand and do hockey or baseball? <laughs> Ain't gonna happen, is it? Although I do a great job.
3: I think you could. I think you could do other sports.
4: Nah, it's it's xenophobia in the business you can't have an accent doing doing north american sports no
3: he can't be doing that That's you can wrong. Do
4: golf.
1: i'm afraid of we'll do uh golf, you're right, yeah, but I know, i'm afraid of strangers golf. Charms. so i get it you what sorry i'm afraid of strangers so i get it yeah.
2: james can you do it can you do a um like a sample of wh- how you would call a hockey game but do it in a very posh accent please please, please. oh like my accent okay yes
4: Matthews, the sublime pass down left wing to the oncoming oh, yes. Nylander, across to the middle of the rink, <laughs> and there with a one-timer, <laughs> top shelf. It's Mitchell Marner. It's in the
3: old onion bag.
1: <laughs> B, My do you want to go believe. down this road? Do you want to go
5: down this road, B? There's a broadcaster that will long live in the memory of our memory. When I first moved to Toronto, he was uh, doing updates on the fan. So I'm in the car, like freshman year university, and I hear this Englishman doing sports, and he says, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are in action in the second period, and at the moment, Pat Quinn's side is moving the puck about, and it's 1-0. And I thought, God, I'm in the right city. I am finally in the right place. (laughs) Which turned out to be the wrong place. Yeah, great point. Definitely the wrong place. I was speaking of the city, though, not the building. (laughs)
1: where where was your first fire worst or worst firing jc my worst firing yeah or uh, there's been a lot of them he he, he gets fired uh, every week about
2: six times that's right uh craig knows yeah i know your shit i don't know i mean maybe getting fired from the ice cream store when i was in when i was 16 like did you take a bucket of ice cream home i'm like why it wasn't just for me no, It was great. It was a soft serve ice cream place called Curly Q in London, Ontario, and uh there was like four girls that used to come and like hang out. And I'd be like, "Hey, what's up And I'd like give them free like Sundays and stuff. I'm like, you want some extra fudge? It was it was a great gig to have when you're 16 in the summertime. But then they're like, "Hey, we're we're going to this party. Do you want to come?" Like, I'm like, "Sure." Like, can you bring some ice cream? I'm like, okay. So I just took a big bucket in the back, which I think held pickles because it was a sub shop attached to it. So I emptied that out, and I filled the whole thing with soft serve, and I took it with me to the thing. And I didn't realize it was cameras. Uh, so they showed me they showed me the footage the next time I was in. They're like, "Did you do this?" I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. uh. And they're like, "Well, we got you on camera." I'm like, "That's not me." Like, why'd you? Do that? I'm like, "Oh, I was cleaning the machine. It was me. I was just cleaning it out." They're like, "Wasn't me." They're like, "You're fired." I'm like, "Okay, can I just..." Can I take anything home with me? They're like no. So anyway, that was probably my that was probably most unfortunate firing, but I'll tell you, it was worth it. Was, was the uh was the ice cream shop in the playoffs? Like Jimmy? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, we were we, we were up against DQ and and McDonald's in the same uh plaza. Yeah, he got fired in the summer. They were in the playoffs. Yeah. That's it. it was there, man. Like I- I'm telling you, we were we were we were winning that that plaza and then, you know, I feel you, Jim.
3: I'm with you, buddy. That's why we, we get along here. Maybe. That's right. We, we've been there. We yeah. struggle. Who's next? It's never nice getting fired, but you got to laugh. Sucks. You can't laugh. Is your cry. job. It
4: sucks. It's the worst thing. It really it is.
1: is. I bet one has got a butte, though. Is, what's oh, what's I got, got a couple. Mine were a uh, restaurant like, <laughs> like JC's. I, uh, I was the pizza and pasta cook at the Ritz Canal uh, in Ottawa. Ooh. And uh, I was promised a front of house position. But they weren't hiring a lot of people who looked like me back in the day. Um, Yeah, you gotta comb your hair. Yeah, comb (laughs) your hair. Round (laughs) eyes, maybe. Whiter skin. Uh, And so they. Are are, are you trying to say something? I am. It was dropping the race card. What a surprise! Put me in the kitchen. Put me in the kitchen, which I didn't mind, but you don't get tips. So you you got your hourly rate, which is fine. But I had this kitchen manager who was just. Oh, are you the uh, are you the guy who goes to university? Uh, oh, you think you're so smart? All, all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm chopping parsley. I don't like I'm making pesto. And I'm like, what the you're giving me the gears? Cause I'm a summer like I'm working here for the summer. So this guy's giving me the gears, middle of the shift, he starts barking at me, your pizzas aren't round enough. And I'm like, dude, I go, I can't, I can't, I, I don't have time to listen to this. We're we're slammed. I'll try and make them rounder. Comes in, tries to move, uh, to prove a point. And I just said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. He goes, what do you mean? You're not going to make the pizza? I go, no, I can't listen to you anymore. And I took my, took my, my, uh, my little bib off, whatever they're called again. They're not bibs. What are they? Apron. Apron. Took my apron off, took my little cap off. And I said, I quit mid-shift, slammed. I go, you make the pizzas. And I, I apologized to the people in the kitchen staff. And I said, yeah. I'm so sorry, guys. This guy's an asshole. And I got on my bike and biked downtown and went to the Lafayette and drank beer with my
3: friends. <laughs> that was, Look at that. It was fantastic. Mike dropped it. I did get fired when I was 15. I'll tell you that's this story. So I, in, my, in my apartment building where, where we grew up, there was a convenience store that was underneath. And uh, there was a Korean couple that owned it. And one day, my, de- my old man was yelling at me, go get a job. You need a job. You got to do something. Like, okay. So I go downstairs to the convenience store. And his name was Sonny. This Korean guy, lovely guy. Used to have football on all the time. Loved football. And uh, I walked in there. He's like, Sonny. He's like, what's up? I said, I need a job. He goes, all right. You want to stock the shelves? I said, give me that. I'll stock the shelves. Let's go. I first day, stock the shelves. And this guy has me working, right? I'm taking everything out and stocking these shelves. And I'm like, fuck, this guy's got me working like crazy. I'm doing the floors. And day two, it's really busy. It's packed. And you guys know me. Like, I, I have a craving for chips. Like, I love chips. Like, this going out of <laughs> fashion. And I, I'm stocking the shelves. And I'm like, chips everywhere. And I'm like a kid in a candy shop. Like, But chips is my thing, right? It's like, I'm looking around. He's busy. It's packed. And I was like, I take this big bag of chips, and I go and I grab a chocolate milk, and I go back into the freezer by the by all the milk bags because I think if I sit in the freezer in the corner, this guy's gonna—he's not gonna see me eat my chips and my chocolate milk. Well, obviously he's having a little look around, right? He's clued in. Where, where's Jimmy? Where's this kid? So he's looking around the place, and I could see his feet coming by, you know, the, the fridge, and I'm like, oh shit, he's coming, he's coming. He opens up the freezer. I'm in the corner like I'm frozen now like that eating my chips and chocolate milk he goes what are you doing I was like I'm, I'm just having a break you didn't pay for that I said no no I didn't I, I thought I would just take it because I'm really I'm hungry and thirsty and he fired me on the spot so I had to go back upstairs to go see my old man and I went dad he goes Why are you back now he goes your shift's not done I was like I just got fired <laughs> I stole a bag of chips and chocolate milk Sonny you... fired me <laughs> Day two So that was my uh, that was my day first day firing two. as a kid
2: So did your family have to avoid the Like the store for the rest of the time You lived there or No,
3: what? my mother made me go back down and apologize She came in She was furious, my dad was furious and, Did you get a hit from your mom? Oh, you crazy? Of course I did Of course you did <laughs> slap right across the face you stole you stole and I was like no I borrowed it I was going to take it out of my wages
4: (laughs) let's let's pivot now from from being fired to doing the firing and how that happens like in football how does it happen Craig so I'm not sure it it hasn't happened to you really but you're you're a player you got your contract the contract's up or they just had enough of you every year you see that right you see the players being released before the season starts big lists of players released released mm. is that done to the player himself or is it gone through the agent usually <clears throat> what the actual releasing part? yeah yeah the actual like we don't want you anymore you know good luck elsewhere well there's a lot of
0: players that don't have agents too that are getting released they can't afford one <laughs> And literally hundreds, I mean, there's on the, you know, when you look at 92 professional clubs, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of players that have become available every single year.
4: Yeah. So in, in football circles, then, is it a case of, so you, you're a young player, you get released, maybe from the academy, who, who knows where it is. I saw actually Eddie Nketiah on the Arsenal documentary was talking about being released by Chelsea as a 13-year-old and landing mm-hmm. at Arsenal. Turned out pretty well for him. But because there's so many players being released and there's so many clubs in the pyramid too, I guess the mentality must be, okay, well, that sucks. It's heartbreaking, but there will be other opportunities. Well, you have to have belief in yourself.
0: You really do because you get kickbacks all the time. All the time you get knockbacks, whether you're playing poorly or getting from the fans or whether you're injured or fighting through that or, you know, there's all a number of different things. Yeah.
5: Well,
4: Jimmy, the other thing when, when you're at York, right? Jimmy, do you like, just do you, like bring HR in and do the job for you or did you do it to the face? When what? When you like release players at York <laughs> or wherever it is, you know, would you do it to the face or would you bring HR in and let them do, do No, do the you say, work? look,
3: it's not, yeah. You tell them it's not, it's not working. You call their agent and figure it out.
1: Do you do the, uh, Jimmy, do you do the, it's not you, it's me? <laughs>
3: Yeah, like you're
1: breaking <laughs> up with them.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's not you, it's my coaching. You can't you can't fit into my system.
5: I was thinking about that yesterday when Frank was speaking, you know, his job now and Jimmy you and the CPL that on a personal level, it must take a bigger toll on you at doing it at that level than some of the guys uh in the Premier League or in Major League Soccer because the landscape is different and the options for some of these guys might be different too. For me, I think I'd have a tough time at that level knowing I'm breaking dreams. Personally, that would take a toll on me.
3: Hmm. Okay, well, how about this? And if the guy's at Man United and you're telling him he's not good enough and you're going to move him on, are you breaking his dream?
5: At United, yes. But, I mean, this guy still has options to play at 30 oh. other Premier League clubs. Well, less, excuse hope. me, Champions it, League clubs.
3: Yeah, you, you, you hope know? so. Well, not, yeah. not in this situation now, but it's, it, look, regardless where the guy's playing, when you tell somebody that they're not they're not good enough and they don't fit into your plans moving forward it doesn't matter if you're at arsenal or you're at, at forge or you're you're at minnesota united it doesn't it doesn't yeah. matter like you have to have that conversation with that player and say i'm sorry you mm-hmm. and obviously it's you know it's it's a blow to the the ego mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a tough situation it's and you try to make it out as you know, and, and be honest. And like, I, I, I remember when I was telling guys at the end of the season, if, if they weren't, uh, if I didn't have any plans for next year, it was difficult because I'd try to put myself in their shoes and be like, look guys, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, it's not working. I'm not, I'm not going to resign you. Um, but genuinely, I, I, I always meant it. You know, if there's anything that I can do for you, if I can help you in any way, if I can give you a reference to another manager, or, you know, you've got a few questions, just call me and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll try to help you out because I get it. I've been in that boat. Right. And it's always difficult trying to be honest with players because and, and tell them, I you know, I want you or I don't want you.
0: Or if your dad's hiring, I'm available.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah your dad's got a great, great company, you know, <laughs> sign me up.
1: Or if, you need a, or if you need a reference for a, a Korean convenience store, eh, Jimmy? You got one?
3: Yeah. Do you know what? It's funny because they're still there at that place.
1: Of course. Sonny's there for the rest of his life. Yeah. Watching, <laughs> watching Fubo TV. I haven't yeah, been in a long time.
3: I should, go, I should go in one day.
1: I'm sure you'll be delighted
5: to see you. Yeah, buy a bag of chips and attempt to walk out with him. See if he mm. ca- catches on.
3: The old
4: days. Like the good old days. I imagine they're a footballer, though. They must have an England too, though that they haven't got a future at a club, they must have a good idea. If they ain't being picked and they're coming out up to their contract expiring, they must have a pretty good idea.
3: Of course yeah. you do. you got a feeling. You can feel it. You know, you feel the energy within the club. You feel the energy in your situation. You know, if the, the manager's not talking to you, then the, <laughs> then, then, a, then the staff's not really talking to you. Yeah. Like, you know it's coming. The Why worst it? would be kids.
0: Breaking hearts of kids.
4: Yeah. 12, 13, 14. Yeah. 15. Yeah. Like Eddie and Ketia. Uh, and he's saying how, how it really did affect yeah. him. He was broken that day, broke his heart. And then he, I guess, he rebounded. Good player, good talent. I mean, at 13, it's tough to tell, right? Talent wise, how good a kid's going to be. Some are slow developers, some are mm. are quick developers. And a guy like Eddie yeah. and Ketia clearly <laughs> had, had a future in the game.
3: Yeah, look, I'll, I'll tell you this now, right? Like we talk about, you know, you, you can't cut kids from sports and everybody's inclusive and this and that. Like when I, when I was younger, I got cut from the provincial team probably three, four times. Mm-hmm. Kept on top, not good enough. But it drove me, made me, made me work harder because I was mm-hmm. like, no, I, I want to be in that. And I went and worked and I worked. I went back next year. No, sorry, can't get into the team. Not good enough. Fuck, okay. And I worked again and I worked again. Eventually I got into it. And then I worked even harder because then I wanted to get the national team. I couldn't get into it. They're not good enough. Okay, well, I got to work even harder now. So that, that preparation at a young age helped me because even when I went to the pros and I wasn't getting in the first team and I was in the reserves, I knew I got to keep working. I have mm-hmm. to go, go, go because nothing, nothing's handed to you. I got to work harder than the next guy.
4: Yeah, but that determination is an element and a talent in itself. A lot of people don't have that and they just give up. They'll say, ah, oh, to hell with this, and they'll walk away, right? I think mm. what, what makes the makeup of a professional athlete, there's many components, but that determination and self belief okay. is one of them. Then you've got a Deli Ali, for example, Craig, a guy that I, I don't know his full backstory, but I imagine he cruised up through the ranks as a kid, MK Dons, uh, starred there, goes to Spurs. Scores goals. He's a star. He's starting at World Cups for England. He's played over 30 games for England. Then around <laughs> that noise again, that's that weird noise again, isn't it? Around, around his mid-20s, something happens. Now, off the field, there's issues, right? Off the field, he, he, he was attacked in his house. There was a robbery. Um, he, he did some stupid things as well, was caught on tape. Um, but something happened, and he just forgot how to kick a football. Now he's on the brink of apparently joining Besiktas after Frank Lampard said, I can't do it, not enough. After Antonio Conte said, no, not good enough. After Pochettino said the same thing. After Jose Mourinho said the same thing. What is it for a guy like him who's got everything? He's a brilliant talent, but in his mid-20s, he's not an old guy. He gets derailed and just can't kick a football.
0: Yeah, you know, it happens. It does. And then it, you know, build him up too because his rise as a youngster was so fast and he was heading in the right direction. And I you don't know what the fuck Jimmy's doing again. What are you doing? What are you doing?
5: Are you doing? My phone rang.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Someone offered the... you a job. Uh...
5: Yeah, what's the custom ringtone there? Yeah, unless it's a, a CPL side or yeah a job offer. Just uh... put it on mute, please.
2: <laughs> I say leave it on. I don't like, know what to do with yeah, these. It's exciting. It really adds a lot of like it's like, well, there's Jimmy. It's like that that you know that thing that happens every time. You know, it's it's cool. I like it. Nobody else? I, I,
4: no, I, I do too. That's a we we are the anti network show, right? Yeah. That's right. right. We are as, as as unpolished as any any production out there. And that's I say so that
3: beautiful. James and Jimmy, you have very similar hairdos at the moment. You need to give me some etiquette, fellas. A little bit.
5: We are the professional Unprofessionals.
3: He's got, he's got a bag of
0: chips in front of him as well.
3: Yeah, that's no, I stopped. Story. That's why. Hey, that's why I lost. Uh, I've lost twelve pounds, man.
0: No chips because I stopped eating pounds, chips. Just, yeah. oh, stop yeah, even, oh, sorry, I just—I heard them hurt. crackling in front of you there.
3: <laughs> no, yeah. there was something else. I, I
0: haven't he had a. He's playing
5: with his Rubik's cube.
3: That was an Instagram post that came through. It was of quite course, funny. it was. You guys What's there? that? Be you? You haven't had a drink? You said
4: in a in a week? Yeah, yeah.
3: Because you were sick. That's why you're
4: miserable. Probably that would explain it. No chance. I'm watching
5: you guys. Because, yeah.
3: Cheers, lad. It could be what it is. Anyway, charms. Um, yeah, back, so to, back, to, your, to, yeah, back sorry. to your
0: question or your whatever it was. Um, oh, I know. You know, it does happen. And, you know, I was, you, you watch the Premier League and the, and those those players that actually stay there and maintain it uh, year after year are there because they can do it and they can do it week in week out. Some of the talent you see in lower divisions is there, but if you watch them consistently over like five, ten games, they they go missing some of those games, and that's why they don't end up making it to the Premier League because they're you know these scouts are like, yeah, you know, seventy percent of the time is great, but. The other 30%, I just, and that's not good enough. You can't yeah. have passengers, right, Jimmy? So there, yeah. there are those guys that are just not able to, yeah. you know, do it at that level. It's really intense.
3: Yeah, I agree. Hey, here's one for you, Craig. Do you think he's fallen out of love of the game a little bit? It's make well, good money. Yeah. He's had some yeah. good success. Maybe that's- it's just, uh, I don't love it the way that I used to love it when I was 19, 20, 21. Mm-hmm. Did that happen to you? Yeah, when I was thirty-two. Thirty-two, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was knackered. I was like done. I was like, I just don't want to play. I want nothing to do with it. Were you yeah. were you hurting, or was it more of a mental thing? Like, I just no. I was, I, w- I was, I was hurting. My body was sore. Uh, the grind was getting to me a little bit. you was running it, in it,
0: quicksand.
3: <laughs> yeah, but no, it becomes like look, we you, you play you play football when you're a kid. And, you know, your men's leagues, women's leagues, and because you you have a passion for the game. You love the game. You love it. And don't get me wrong. I love the game. And sometimes I find myself, I've got to get away from it to fall back in love with the game. Okay. Because when you become a professional, it's a job now. It's a job. Right. So every week, the the grind that you're going through, you're walking out. And Craig, you know this. I don't think I've ever played a game when I was 100% fit. Never in my career, I was hurting. Something was always going on in my body, right? And you're under the microscope, and the fans are yelling, and people are abusing you. And, you know, if you don't play well, it's in the paper. Part and parcel of the job, I get it. I signed up for it, right? But it, it, it takes its toll after a while. It, it, it really does. It gets to you after a while.
0: I was actually, what you know, after Alex Bono had made that mistake, for TFC and it got a lot of play it was trending in Canada and there's a few thousand tweets about it blah 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 and when Mendy made that mistake against Leeds there's like hundreds of thousands of tweets about it like it's like literally millions and millions of people are just destroying you and that takes some character to be able to deal
3: with yeah. that. I remember playing in, playing in England as well and and I think every manager I had always said, don't read the papers and never worry about what the fans are saying to you. Never worry about what they're saying. Because mm-hmm. if you get involved with what they're saying and you're reading everything about what they're saying, you're, you're destroyed. And it, it's the old saying, James, James, you know this, correct? water off a duck's back. And every time people are saying something, don't even worry about it. Don't even think about it. Continue doing what you're doing and focus on your job. Because it is a job at the end of the day.
4: But that's easy to say, isn't it? I mean, and, and actually practicing that is something entirely different.
3: No, but you know it, I mean? it, 100%, you're right. It's easy to say. But you have to, when you're a professional, have that mentality. You have to have that mentality. Because if you don't have that mentality, you're finished. You're finished in the game. And you're not going to have a you know a, a 13, 16-year career in the game. Because you can't handle the pressure. You can't mm-hmm. handle the abuse. You can't handle people, what what they're thinking about you. And maybe that's why today, and Craig's probably the exact same, is that, you know, if somebody says something about you, you just laugh. You're like, yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. Get in line. I've had this for the last 16 years of my life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're an asshole. (laughs) I don't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah. I don't care.
0: (laughs) Try getting hammered at Old Trafford. and You got that many, 180,000 or whatever, just everybody just giving it to you.
3: Yeah, it's just you, you forget about it. You just start laughing. Yeah, you know, and the only people that you're close with is is your friends and your family, and that's who, that's who you're worried. That's what you're more concerned about is your friends and your family. Yeah, you're not worrying about the fans fan. and everybody else that gets to you. And- but you must have had some dark moments in your
4: career as well, though. Whitley. Oh, I was before before thirty two, before yeah. thirty one, were the times when you like thought, man, is this all worth it?
3: Yeah, I remember I signed for Norwich. Um, I was two weeks in training and I tore my hip flexor ripped it ripped it right off i was out five months and i remember the manager came in after three months and i it and he walked in the training training room and he went how are you feeling i said ah, i said boss look i'm struggling man i'm I'm, you know i apologize i, I came here with with big expectations and I, I want to do well he's built this team and, and he goes uh is the ink dry on that contract? <laughs> my, my legs just dangling. I can't I was like, I'm I was like, I'm sorry, White. He goes, "Is the uh, is the ink dry on the contract?" I was like, "What the fuck? You want to terminate me now? Like I've just, you know, and it, and it was terrible because I, and that season it bothered me because, you know, I I knew I should have been playing week in and week out. You know, I, I loved to play. Um, and you're sitting there as a you know an innocent bystander just watching your, the players train, and you can't do anything. And then when you do get fit, you're playing catch up, so you're never at that that peak fitness level that the rest of the team is. So yeah. you're not performing that whole season to to your best ability. I and mean, for, luckily, you know, yeah, go even,
0: on. even three months, like so you get to that stage, and you almost don't feel part of this team. You don't feel part of the squad. No, you you're don't. You're training separately. You're in the pool swimming doing all this other stuff like
3: yeah, well, I no mean, you should see me swim now i could have went to the olympics i was in the pool every day <laughs>
0: yeah
4: <laughs> yeah that's tough what about that's you craig tough. i mean obviously cancer is a dark part of your, <laughs> your career obviously but was yeah, there anything was, else uh, with the injuries or yeah. a time when you thought man what, what am i doing here what was what's the point well what the, in, the injuries
0: are the worst part to be fair and and obviously you're playing from contract to contract so two three Four years, usually three, that yeah. sort of thing. So there's always something around the corner. Always. It's very temporary. Like it feels very temporary when you're there, even though I was there for like nearly two decades every year. You just don't know what could happen. Although you're pretty fearless when you're younger, but you get older a little bit and you start thinking about injuries a little bit more.
4: But as that no, goes on do, in no, time, right? Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. it's you're right, and you you never you never truly really feel settled. I mean, I I remember I was at Forest, and you know, I I played I played a lot of games for the club, right? Like 100, almost 150 games, and I was on this streak where you know, two and a half seasons in a row, I was playing every game, every game, every game. The manager signed another left back from Belgium, and I was like, fucking Belgians! I was like, why why is he signing this guy? But I get why he was doing it. Was because he was probably thinking he's going to start becoming complacent. I've got to get this guy now, pushing even harder because he's, you know, he's too content in his position. He's playing week in and week out. And he brought this other guy. and He was a good, good player as well, but pushed me on even more. And then I remember my contract was coming up, and I'm like, oh, like are they trying to move me on? Am I going to play? I mean, fortunately, I was, you know, they, they signed me on again. But you, you're always looking over your shoulder. Because you don't know what's going to happen, you have no idea.
4: So no. you play, you play football, Jimmy, and you know you you retire and you're looking for some stability in your life, and you decide to become a football coach.
3: Zero stability, <laughs> right? Zero. Same shit. Same shit. Yeah, it took me uh, almost eight years. All my coaching licenses. Get my UEFA. I could have been a doctor. <laughs> well, <are> you couldn't. <laughs> you probably couldn't.
0: Yeah, you, get, <laughs> you got to get better than C minus in
4: high school. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Mate, you'd be well, surprised well, Craig, at I mean, my grades. You'd be surprised.
4: You, you had no interest uh-huh. in coaching, right, Craig? Like during your career, that wasn't a thing that you really you were drawn to. Uh, just because of how
0: temporary it is and how mm-hmm. transient it is, and uh, you know, when I lived out of Canada for you know 18 years, I wanted to be in something that was more somewhere. Where my daughter could also sort of grow roots in one place for a long time without feeling like uh, we could, you know, up and, up and leave at any time. So that's what happened when I came over to Toronto and it's the in the TV business was somewhere that was somewhat stable. It was <laughs> never, never thought it would churn out quite the way it did, but <laughs> it was almost it was, it was 20 years, right? You did 20 years, almost 20 years in the yeah. TV. On yeah full time well TV? yeah my first well, we did the world cup in 98 for TSN 2000 euro 2002 world cup 2006 wow. 2000,
3: Yeah, yeah. you were good you were good on TV. I'll give you that. You guys were good. Yeah. I enjoyed to, watching you. Yeah. used to have it's all Canadians changed. on there. He was good too. You guys were good. Those were the days. Yeah, I used to like coming on with you guys. It not. was fun. It was We fun. shared
0: it we shared it with TSN once and remember Vic Router and Jerry we're both doing the uh, hosting. I remember them signing off. I think this was at 06. It must, yeah, it must have been in 06. Mm. Maybe 010. Maybe anyway. Maybe 10. And uh, uh, Vic Router says, Yeah, oh. uh, anyway, you know, after the montage and everything else, you know, it's been great World Cup and everything. I was signing off. I'm Vic Router. This is Craig Forrest, and for Jerry Donaldson. <laughs> no, <laughs>
4: you night. thinking of his name. That's <laughs> taking the piss, surely.
0: No, uh, you, no Jerry Donaldson was his side guy for uh, Formula One, and it just—it was oh, a total accident. Okay. Like he felt so bad, but <laughs> that's it, great. It,
4: it did bother Jerry. I know it really did. Did it? Yeah. Hey B, let me ask you? Did you've been a sports fan your whole life, right? Did working and still working, you know, in the business has it affected how much you love sport?
5: It's a great question. Uh, There were periods there where I thought it didn't. I think I was naive, actually, to how much it did. And then now that my uh, situation and my time schedule has changed considerably, uh, my viewing habits have changed a lot. And I don't know how much of it is based off of having to have worked those sports uh, in a way that maybe burned out some of that love. Uh, I used to, like, never miss an NFL Sunday. And now, with the exception of the Browns scores, I feel like it takes something really special for me to get down, uh, sit, sit down there and, and watch a slew of games. And the same with baseball. And a lot of that has had to do with the Tigers suck. And I just, I don't know, there's something about the Jays that I think, I think I got sick of having to cover the Jays so closely, like the Jays really mattered, to realize that they don't. And so, and, on, and you know what? Honestly, a lot of—I'll tell you this too—a lot of that has to do with the fact that in the, there are some real, real die baseball fans in the city. Don't get me wrong; real passionate, educated baseball fans. But a lot of the people that are there, a lot of the people that are wearing Jay's gear and act like Jay's fans are not. And I think seeing how that reaction in the playoffs, and everyone jumped on the bandwagon. There's something about it that just Turned me off of the team, and this the way the city reacts like this is a Toronto's a very event city, you know, and I guess like I think it's actually my love of baseball that made me hate seeing it exploited that way with the Jays. Plastic fans. It turned me off of that fuck because that, that doesn't exist in other places.
0: Dude, fuck! Are you joking? Aren't you? You're gonna sit for 162 games? You're gonna sit? No, no. They're in the playoffs. Okay, I'm going to start watching.
5: It's not so much that. It's it's <laughs> no. I, I get that. It's I'm not expecting you to watch 162 games or to for the you know the season tickets to be 75 uh, percent capacity. No, I'm not. It's not like that in every market. The Tigers are the same. The The ballpark is is half empty. But there was just something sick about watching the ticket prices go the way they are and, you know, just all of a sudden everyone becomes a baseball fan just because they're on that run in 2015. And then, I don't know, and now being removed from it, I find myself not uh, enjoying the game.
3: I was one of of those guys. I turned it on when they made the playoffs, but I couldn't give a shit about baseball. Mm -hmm. I mean, every team has a bandwagon element. Yeah, of course
4: you do. But thinking, Every every you're, club. You're, you're, and and I, the hardcores, I think, have got a reason to be a little bit like, what the fuck? Where were you when we were shit? Where were you? And now you, you appear in the seats with your freaking number one finger, foam finger, and you're yeah. saying, yeah, I, I love you, Blue Jet. I, I get that, why the, the diehards might resent it somewhat, but it's sport, though. That's just sport, I think. Outside of very few clubs worldwide, where you get no matter how bad or how good they are, it's the same support. It's just fair weather you you, you have a <clears throat>
0: we have a lot of choices for your entertainment dollar and if your baseball team in your particular city is absolutely shite and not going to make the playoffs you got other options to watch something else that's going to make you feel better than watching your team
4: lose you know what i mean like the, it's just mm-hmm. it's just natural there's just mm-hmm. other options. well i i think i think a, well, the point here is Okay, baseball is a very it's a purist sport. Someone that loves baseball, loves baseball, and they'll watch a game no matter what it means. The average sports fan needs to have something that they're playing for. And when it's game number one hundred and three of of yeah. a long hot summer and it means nothing, right? Like why bother? But when it's September, you know, or or August and or, you know, whenever and it's it's getting down to the crunch, hitting towards the playoffs or in the playoffs and there's something to fight for, you can you can really feel that passion. I think there's there's more to it, but I can see what the purists might resent the. Uh, They're the, all the, 80 the, the, the years old, though. <laughs> <Blue> <laughs> I, think
5: another, I think another part, too, when I, I complain about you know this being an event city or people that are at the ball game just for the, the night out. And I know that exists in all sports, don't get me wrong. But with baseball, there's something about it that, yeah, as the purist and having grown up in historic ballparks and really fallen in love with the history and the love of the game, it's just not seeing that in Toronto and then seeing the way that stadium pretends to be a real stadium. It's kind of like. I guess the football equivalent would be these stadiums with the the athletics track around it acting like they're intimate and close. You know, like West Ham knew immediately they were going to lose a lot of that intimacy and passion moving into the new ground. Now, they obviously had their reasons and still plenty of incentives to, to make the move, but they lost a big part of that, and that's something that hasn't really faded. And in any of these other places in Italy, or eastern europe where you have that separation those teams and those clubs aren't acting like that's a mecca and a, a great fortress
3: well, i don't know what about studio olympical
5: well a good lot point, Roma. i guess so i mean i think that they're aware of the scenario don't get me wrong and those places are fortresses i'm saying Oh, yeah. But I don't feel like the club is advertising like we got the
4: best fucking stadium in the city. No. I, I
3: don't
4: think the Jays do. The, the Jays aren't saying that the the Rogers Centre is the best stadium in in baseball. Well, what are right? the best what are the best baseball stadiums? I don't even know
3: anymore.
5: It I mean it depends uh, what you're what you're down for. There there are people that yeah. would love the Jay Stadium simply because it's downtown and walking distance mm. from everything. Yeah. The Camden
0: Camden Yards Green you know, Monster. It, well, yeah, but it's not a good stadium. Red, you know, Fenway Park's falling apart. It's old. It's really old. I I sat behind home plate or a few rows up from it years ago. I could not get my freaking femurs in there, yeah. and, and and they're not the tall. Like I, like my back, you know, is, is where all my length is. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get in him. The fucking thing was when the people were five foot three. Boy, I forget. The you seats. go to Anfield,
4: Anfield, you go to Anfield, right, which is a right plunked right in the middle of Liverpool. And it's built, a 100 years ago whenever it was now. And it's it's not a comfortable stadium. They've done a lot of work to it, but oh. there's something about that history, though. I, I will, I'm i not frequently large like you are. So I fit into those seats, but I will forgo a little bit of comfort just to taste the history of the venue as yeah. opposed to some sterile bowl and just built yeah, in the suburbs. I, look, I, I think. Well, the-
3: I, I thought we what we gotta remember as well, right? When you look at when you look at football, our game, it's it's a work in person's game. Okay. They work all week and then come the weekend it's a release. People go to the matches and it's the passion, you know, go to the pub, few drinks, go to the match with your mates. That's that's our sport. It's a build up for the week to to have that release. Where in North America it's it's not really a release. You know, I, I, I remember I went to a baseball game. I don't even think I've ever watched nine innings. I'm sitting beside a guy. He's got headphones like mine on right now. He's got a notepad. I remember knocking him. Hey, why do you got a headphones? Oh, I'm listening to the commentators because they're giving me stats. And he's writing down stats. And it's not a release. A loser. Foot, football's a release, right? It's a passion. And yeah, I think with, with, that, right? with the other sports, they're, they're, I think they don't the have di- that passion that we have in our sport.
0: The difference between North America and basically football fans is that football fans – if you hate your wife, if you hate your husband, if you hate anything, if you hate work, whatever it is, if the team or whatever is playing poorly, they're going to let you have it. They're going to let you, yeah. they're going to release it. If it's religion, Is they're going to absolutely, they're going to bring it all to the game, to that event. Yeah. In North America, you go to the event to get entertained and to forget about, you're fighting with your, you know, what's happening at home or any of your bad shit. You know, it's yeah. just it's, it's a distraction from that. But yeah. over there, you you take it all to the game.
3: Yeah, you're totally right because they're they're looking going. I've I've earned my hard earned dollars. I'm paying for this ticket, and I'm helping pay your wages. So you yeah. better put a shift in today.
4: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're an Oakland A's fan, you you definitely go to the ballpark for some release. <laughs>
3: Oh, I saw that! I saw that. Was that amazing? You,
4: over the weekend, uh, just I Google just want it, I just want A's, to say, Sharon, before you go, what a segue! That's all. I'm gonna say. <laughs> That's a segue. segue. Right there. <laughs> so the A's Mariners from the past weekend. Uh, the A's are awful this year, right? So obviously, no one's going to the games. And up in the the, the bleachers and the top level, there's a couple. Basically, he's getting a blowy. I can say it on our podcast. Every other um, place I've heard it, they all oh, they're involved in some kind of sexual act. It's a blowy, all right. That's rock and, and roll. On rock and roll. And he might have been licking his bum.
0: She might have been licking his bum.
4: So, okay, know. you know, what? there could have been some rimming involved. I don't know. <laughs> the thing
0: is, uh, the thing is, they're they're there every game, and nobody fucking notice.
3: <laughs>
1: season ticket holders in the same two states with nobody oh, yeah. around them as well. they're like what the hell what,
0: you just noticed now like
4: jimmy I'm if you 85? if you were that by going and watching nine innings of baseball you could get a blowy would you still go pardon me if you if jimmy was told he had to watch nine innings of baseball but he'd get a blowy out of it would he go and watch that oh much yeah baseball? oh fuck well it all depends on who's <laughs>
0: <laughs> the mascot? The mascot? Maybe not.
3: I was <laughs> having a big blue mascot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh... <laughs> <laughs> the Philly fanatics all over Jimmy. <laughs> oh,
0: That's oh, yeah, that guy with the big. Big schnoz. Big schnoz. <laughs> big schnoz. See a big hand come
4: out like that. <laughs> yeah, He doesn't need the hand. He just puts, just puts the honker on you. Oh, who's, the, uh, who's the Philadelphia Flyers mascot? Who's the, uh, the, the
1: big. Oh, Was it gritty? Gritty. oh, gritty. The big orange guy
4: he right. went
0: from like the well he is the worst like to be fair to like the best it why was he the worst i don't well, understand I, I mean well look at him i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna put time in and, and put a mascot together and it goes through a bunch of board members everybody looks at it, you're gonna look at greedy and go yeah that's our fucking guy
3: that's <laughs> meant to be what is a broad street bullies he's awful like big, yeah.
0: he's like it's a wildebeest monster yeah but he's no. so
5: bad he's good he's
0: yeah. that's that's like, totally a,
3: a, cookie
5: it. Cookie a monster right. He's, he's so like I, lo- I love him Orange. he's so bad he's good but they're in a city that yeah has a very famous mascot that has a fleshlight for a nose yeah so to have gritty <laughs> They're and, and he would up. be
1: at he would be the mascot at the baseball game <laughs> okay here here's the question oh, Who's the most go. attractive mascot
2: <laughs>
1: if oh, you yeah. had to hook up with one of the mascots Hmm. if you had to, hook up one aren't, of the mascots aren't they all... I, I, I i don't know i i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something carlton the bear he's big and furry if you ever wanted to be little spoon there's your shot carlton yep. the bear <laughs> be little spoon for carlton get a little cuddle carlton
5: the bear is one of my my favorites for appearance wise and nostalgia but i've never thought about being little
4: spoon to carlton the bear Gee, this podcast, boys. Which mascot would you want to bang? Like, furries. Jesus Christ!
3: Are we talking furries right now? Isn't Where that the thing? F- <laughs> fuck, are we just right now? Like, this is.
4: You know, it, it's probably a good time to head over to Wonga's big male sack. I never got to give my right fucking on opinion there. on Delhi Alley.
3: Oh, sorry. Okay. minutes okay, gone go. Let's let's rewind the show. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you oh, one really? thing. Be you're a bit fucking moody today. <laughs> you're a little bit moody today. You're not yourself.
4: I agree with you. He needs that. a big hug by Carlton the Bear.
3: Okay, tell us about <laughs> Deli Ali. Get it out of the way. Let's go.
4: No, gritty. He likes gritty. I think maybe, the Deli. Maybe you got a minute? A minute in Dele Alli and Deli Ali. Then as long as Mel sack. Okay, go.
5: I think Deli Ali's issue was everything came so easy to him in life before, right? And he's got God-given talent, and he's incredible. And that God-given talent took him to heights. It took him to playing for England, to getting to a Champions League final. And then as he gets a little older and the competition around him also is improving and gets stronger, he's not someone that wants to put the work in to maintain and stay at that level. And every time someone tells him that, it puts him farther and farther away from that goal. And your point about falling out of love with the game, I think he's fallen out of love with the the work involved and that that was never kind of part of it. And so when you have countless managers say you've got the potential and treat him like, look, we know that you're great. And that's all he he stops listening after that. But you got to put the work in to maintain it and stay there. And he's just not someone that ever got anything <laughs> from that part. The only dopamine hit that he got was being told he was great, and, and never got anything from having to put the work in or seeing that or 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 seeing the results from putting the work in. I think that's why he's in the point that he's at. And the writing yeah. on the wall was when Jose when Jose turned his back on him, which we it, it just seemed like it on so on brand for Jose to build a guy up and then be and then tear him down or be honest when he didn't reach those heights. But I thought that was it. Once, once Jose seemed done with him. And the same thing happened for Balotelli, I would say. Balotelli, very similar. You know, I think Mancini wanted the, the best out of him. But it was Mourinho who years before discarded him and said he's never going to get to that level. Hey, because he doesn't want to work hard enough.
3: Do you know what? It's a great fucking point why did you not say that 25 minutes ago
5: <laughs> because you guys started talking about fucking mascots and all this <laughs> other <laughs> shit
3: very grim, valid point very very good but you're gonna set it 25 fucking minutes ago we're about to get off the show and you got to bring it up now
5: yeah
4: well uh, this
5: this is the disadvantage of not hosting the show i can't because i know that, right? that
4: craig is just Dying to respond to that right now, but we have no time for him to respond. We got to just no, like. Let it yeah, but you let
3: know it him. He's going to pipe up in a minute. He's going to talk. I know, I know. he is. No, not if
0: you don't, don't want me to. Like not no, you but don't you don't find want, a way. No. It's what you
4: do. You find nope, a way. I'm not saying nothing. It's like <laughs> you know. I say, and that's that's today's show. You know what charms? Here's a question. <laughs> yeah, <for you>. exactly. <laughs> nope. You guys can.
0: He's going to say something.
4: I'm with you, Craig.
5: I, I always appreciate your 10-minute goodbyes. These guys don't understand the greatness that's here on this podcast. I do. And at least five other listeners do, including my dad, Carrie, and Doug Simonite. and start. Right.
1: Wunga, can we please get your sack? Yeah, sure. My mail sack is full this week. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Or at original Chris Paul, Messi, this is a good question. Uh, Messi, or my question is good. Messi is the most average-looking elite athlete ever. I feel like if I saw him out of uniform, I'd walk right by him. Who, Craig and Jimmy, and B and Charms. This is a question for you guys because you've watched it ad nauseum, sports. Oh, the podcast. And question for the podcast. Yeah, you know what? It's a good question for the podcast, so why don't we ask it? Who was the best athlete who didn't look like an athlete? John and Stockton. I, John Stockton.
3: That's a good, good one. one. A good one. Thank you. I'm out. Craiger. <laughs>
5: mm
0: pass well, on Krager uh, for now I was yeah, obviously of football like from a football standpoint well, um keep Luka thinking Modric. Football.
5: Luka yeah Luka. but he doesn't but you're not that surprised I think when you find out that he is one I agree that he doesn't look like one but
4: it's not that he looks like a drummer I think it's, you know, or yeah, DJ. he's been around for so long though but he's been around for so many years he's so normal to us now he's normalized himself if he just appeared say he's playing in in Finland and so he must move to the Premier League. It's the first time we've seen him. Like, who the fuck is this guy? He should be in a Dickens novel. But, I do, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but But there's
5: something with the bra strap headband that just changes that. Whereas, could you imagine being Colombian in USA 94 and you line up against the States and you look at Alexi Lalas and you're like, this guy's playing?
3: No. Okay. okay. That's a good one Balder, too. Balderrama.
5: Yeah, Valderrama not exactly the
3: didn't did, look didn't, like
5: a man, but... didn't Chris give footballer, footballer vibes. I tell you, there's go back to uh, my love of uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. There's a guy in the Blue Jays right now that uh, I think is the, the most leads the league in uh, active, or he's the most most likely active player to answer your question, Warner. Alejandro Kirk, the the catcher.
1: Oh you know, yeah, he's, like
5: five, he's five foot seven and he just hits bombs. I think he's got a I think he's got a a thirty six inch belt. Uh, I didn't his, know where you're going he's there. Two hundred okay. pounds.
0: I so think
3: it's not
5: more
0: than
3: thirty-six. Yeah, but you're you're talking seventy percent of those baseball guys are just they don't even look. But this, hey, oh, this, this guy a, here we go. This here we go, guy Dan.
0: especially though. Yeah, he's like a truck driver.
1: Yeah. Yeah, tow truck. How long does it take him to get to first? Like he's not outrunning a, a grounder, is he? Uh, actually to be honest
5: i gotta give Matt a lot of credit he guns it he uh there there was one where he he did beat a throw actually from third yeah well that's and coming a, from you a place went crazy <laughs> yeah you're
0: right hey, if he's got to get to second that's a, a second base that's a completely different matter
3: <laughs> that, was that was a
1: good
4: question though Gregor, coming a, yeah, back to you question. you have anybody that.
1: that you went now you can't you're not going to be good no, he'll wait until
4: the end good. of the show he'll wait until i sign off then he'll come up with yeah it. i'm not i'm not saying nothing
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lie it's a lie you're gonna say something
4: what's next there one from the sack
1: that's it those are the only that's the only one i'm doing today was oh, a full sack it was one yeah no, here's what the other one here's the other one. Oh, there's two no b sends me all kinds uh and you do too uh it was about our our uh <laughs> our golden girls episode mm. uh so let me find it. it let me so find good. this. So, so th- here's the, the point of the deals. emails,
5: right? The point of the emails, stacking the emails, is so that you see them and they're all in one place for you. I
1: get it. Just for the record, B. Arthur is Brendan. <laughs> Betty White is Craig. Estelle Getty is James. And Rue McClanahan is Jimmy. There you go. Who's that all right? That Oh, sorry. That is from uh, Jess Baj Bay. He's a big Birmingham jazz, City fan. Jazz. Uh, What's it? Yeah. Jespo Jibo. <clears throat> at Jespo Jibo. All right.
0: One guy, one guy that surprises me with when you see him with his shirt off is Tom Brady. Yeah. That guy is a puddin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean he's a pudding? He used to be though.
5: You're looking at older you know, you're looking at you're looking at older footage and there's a there's a, sh- a shot of Mac Jones in college. They won the national title and he honestly could be alignment. Like I think if Wonger took his shirt off today, this and we stack it next to this photo of Mac Jones, you'd, you'd think.
0: I saw a picture of him next to Zell, and it was like, wow. And <laughs> a boy gives us all hope.
3: Soft. He's very soft.
0: Yeah. well, I think he even says that's why
5: they overlooked him when he was younger because he he didn't have that physique. I got a football answer for you. Who le- looks looks least like a professional athlete, or, or excuse me, looks least like a professional footballer? uh Adebayo Akinfenwa who's still playing yeah. for for Wickham
4: No he he just left he left this uh, this past off season he
1: Oh retired. did
5: he Yeah Oh he retired oh shit
1: Yeah shit. I, always <laughs> that, oh, I always thought that I always thought that Lukaku didn't look like a footballer he looked like a middle linebacker mm-hmm. Yeah a true Yeah like I mean he looks athletic but it wasn't a football athletic guy. Wait you Google.
4: Peter, Beardsley. Peter Beardsley, he should have been ringing a bell in a tower. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, 100%. No, John Joe football.
5: Shelby doesn't really look like a pro footballer either.
3: Were you talking I mean, about he might elephant, in the year elephant twenty six twenty three. A little elephant, somebody? No. <laughs> the elephant Peter, man? Peter
5: Beardsley.
4: <laughs> Peter Beardsley, a fucking
3: oh, legend, by the way. No, no. not a monster.
1: You're
4: a, a great midfielder. <laughs> You're a great forward for Newcastle United.
3: I am a human being. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> you're going to hell.
4: You're not really. Hey, though, I'm... are you? Anyway, you live in a, you're here, live in a tower.
0: You're scaring people every day. He came, to, he had a game at Ipswich and he had a compressed cheek fat fracture. And you should have seen him then. <laughs> it was like, I couldn't believe a human being could survive looking like that. <laughs> Was it cold in the ground this
1: morning? <laughs> Lovely. Fella. What is
3: going on on this show? It's turned into <sighs> Mean Girls. Yeah. It has... hey, we have a hate book. Do you we know what? have a hate book right uh, now. Hey, I, I don't know. I don't know if you if you guys have ever seen this, but or if somebody <laughs> that go. that has this. All right. So I'm at Bristol. I'm at rebels. Bristol City at the time. Yeah, I'm at Bristol City at the time. Carl Fletcher. <laughs> used to play for the national team. He's over. Okay. He's on trial at Brissett. he's playing center back. He goes up for a header in the last couple of minutes of the game and gets absolutely rocked, rocked right across the face. Okay. He comes in, sits beside me in the dress room. And I said, Fletch, you okay, man? He goes, Jimmy. He goes, man, he goes, I took the biggest elbow. He goes, my face is fucking killing me. It's killing me. I went, all right. He goes over to the mirror, blows his nose. Now, when you have a cheek fracture and if you blow your nose, what happens is the air goes under your skin and just goes, poof. it blows up like a balloon. So he turns around to me, and he goes, "Jimmy, look at my face." <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit, Doc! Doc, something's going on with flesh. It's like a balloon." <laughs> I, start, I start yelling, "Doc, he's dying! Something's happening! His head's twice the size." He turns into a monster <laughs> we're gonna, have to, to
1: we're gonna yeah. have to use that peter we're gonna have to use that gif from uh total recall the old schwarzenegger where they can't breathe and their face blows up on mars oh. and remember <laughs> that that's what we're gonna have to use carl <laughs> fletcher carl fletcher all right, fletcher.
4: Yeah. All right. well listen. Um, <laughs> I didn't get to any transfer rumours. Um, it's the Windows September the 1st. Uh, who knows how the games will look next week, the games you can find on Fubo TV, of course, here in Canada. Teams are changing a lot. And between now and the 1st, they'll look even more different. So uh, we'll get to that, I'm sure, on Friday's show and Sunday's show. And then the 1st is, I think, next Wednesday, isn't it? I believe. So that's the transfer deadline. And then we'll do our predictions. I'm not saying... <laughs> not saying go. what, Craig.
3: Here we go. Oh, I told you. Here we go. Here I we
4: go. The just dying right now. All right, no. we're out of time. Hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> Cheers for listening. Buy newspapers.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs>